1: Hello and thank you so much for joining us and spending your Friday night into which will most certainly turn into your Saturday morning with us if you're on the East Coast. We're so glad that you could join us today on July 29th for your AEW Rampage and Go Home to SummerSlam episode of Smackdown tonight. Oh boy, Uh, we have a loaded, loaded week. We've got Rick Flair's last match coming up. We got SummerSlam tomorrow and then back into your rotation. And we've got a ton of news coming to you from Fightful Select. But this show tonight brought to you by NordVPN. Get in your Super Chats and get in your Humper Chats at HumperChats.com. They function just like Super Chats. But we get to keep a little bit more of the money, all right? And that benefits us. I know it can be kind of a weird interface. But when you send in Humper Chats, we really appreciate it. Uh, being able to keep a little bit more money and you guys sticking with us for that. You can also follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash Fightful Gaming. Support us with bits that way. There's so many ways to support us. And 8,000 of you subscribe to Fightful Select. What a way to support us. You guys have no idea like what that, that means to us and the staff of Fightful. What that means to Sean. What that means to... Jimmy, the founder of Fightful, who took a a very, very, very large financial risk on (laughs) Fightful. And we're getting to see it pay off. Um, I, I think I speak for everybody at Fightful when I say that. I don't know if anybody there would have imagined we could get to this point, but we're so thankful that you do. Sean is working so hard to bring you guys even more stories coming out of Nashville this weekend. But right now, in this very moment, I am joined by the wonderful Alex Cardoza. Alex, how are we doing today? I
2: am doing so great, Kate. Thank you for having me here. And I did want to say, yeah, um, I'm part of Fightful Select. So shout out to everyone that joins and 8000. Incredible round of applause for you. Beautiful people out there. Come on now, come on. (laughs) I'm
1: also part of Fightful Select, um, and that is how I actually started getting into all this craziness. But Today is the go-home-to-SummerSlam, so I'm sorry to those of you who prefer we start with AEW Rampage, but that is the more consequential show, so we are going to start off tonight. And I also just wanted to start with that because we've seen what I consider noticeable improvements off the bat, not any major ones because I don't think we're going to be able to clear out any of these storylines, but until after SummerSlam, of course, but I noticed that they were calling us fans instead of a universe or a galaxy, in AEW. Uh, I noticed that commentary seemed smooth and loose tonight. Um, We started off with a match and not a promo, and I just felt like overall the pacing was better and we got to see longer matches. I felt like there was less fluff. Off the top, how did you feel about SmackDown tonight with the changes that they are able to make immediately?
2: Refreshing, very refreshing from just the vocabulary that, and the vernacular that they're using on the announce table to, eat the, like you mentioned, the pacing. The matches just felt just like everyone has a pep in their step for some reason. I can only imagine why. why people are not walking around like there's eggshells everywhere. But I guess we'll leave that to later on in the combo.
1: Yeah, and we can let you fill that in with your imaginations as to why that might be. But we did start off with Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus in a Donnybrook match, which just kind of felt like a, you know, a no-holds-barred match or like your Halloween trick-or-treat matches, with but instead of candy, you have Irish stereotypes. Um, But I will say we've seen this match a million times, kind of like how I feel like we saw the Usos in New Day a million times, but they're always great in the ring. Tonight actually felt like a blow-off, and... I'll just run through some of my favorite things in this. We see that Drew gets attacked by Sheamus walking down the ramp on his way to the ring. I pop anytime that Drew does the Michinoku Driver. I think it's unbelievable. Anytime he can pull it off, I think it looks great. Uh, over Matt, uh, overall, this match was extremely physical. It was almost 30 minutes long, um, and there were a couple times where they sold me a ticket. There was a really nasty brogue kick from Sheamus in here, but ultimately Drew goes over with the claymore as Sheamus grabs the shillelagh. Uh, to turn around and try and hit him, but I just think since Drew's promo last week and what we saw tonight, the sword like not being the focal point of this story and him leaning into their friendship turn rivalry is something that's been super helpful. And even at the conclusion of the match when he won this knockdown dragout brawl, he kind of looked at Sheamus like that was a fight, and that's still kind of my friend. Like I still have respect for that guy, um, and I I don't know. I just I felt like because we started off with in ring action, because this match had a lot of time. This actually felt like a blow off as opposed to just a rematch. What were your thoughts on this? i
2: 100%. I was just about to say that this is definitely the blow off. This is like, okay, we're going to part ways. You know, there's a lot of things that I think that, you know, um, the new creative team, I I don't know who it is yet, um, are going to be squashing, hopefully, you know, um, and I think that they're going to start with this one first um, because we've seen them in the ring. I mean, there's there has to be a limit to it. There's other wrestlers in the roster that they can go against. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, this definitely felt and it felt not going to lie to you. I know I complain a lot about how boring Drew was, but the physicality and the fact that he wasn't talking made me happy because they left it all in the ring.
1: Yeah, and I think again, that's just so much more a reflection of the creative that Drew has been given for the past 18 months. I think pandemic era Drew McIntyre, the fact he was able to get himself over with no fans was incredible, but all of his promos felt authentic. The story going into SummerSlam was great. And then they had him in this weird, I'm a history teacher mode. And then Obviously he was trapped in <laughs> the the stuff with Madcap and and Corbin for so so long. So it's nice to see him get back to an authentic version of himself. To your point, like I hope that this was the blow-off because we also got the stakes satisfied here, right? He is going to get his match at the Clash at the Castle, or as uh my other Alex co-host likes to call it, the Clash which I'm just gonna I'm gonna steal because I really like that. But I think um this was a, a great way to open the show. And it was nice to see the changes that are being made felt immediately. Like in-ring action, smooth commentary, longer match times, better story here. I think they pivoted away from my sword cuts the ropes and then pyro happens being like a super terrifying thing. I, I thought this was really great. Um, but <laughs> we got the Yankee power chiming in with the super chat saying Drew and Seamus was a great match and all, but I'm here to talk about Aaron James judge, buddy. That home run, that walk-off yesterday, the home run that he took away today with his catch that only somebody of his height I think could have probably gotten to in the time that he did. What a dude. He's on pace to hit 66 home runs. First I'm very of all, happy.
2: He he broke uh Mantle's record. He's you know, he's now um at 41 cuz he hit a grand slam to uh, to uh break the record. I mean, the dude's incredible.
1: Look. Look how how versatile alex is we go into yankee world for one super chat he's right there with me
2: i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you right now though uh brian cashman is crying himself to sleep tonight because yeah, if he doesn't Castillo. if he doesn't pay him oh yeah at the end of this year he'll be, be playing ugly. in the west coast
1: it's gonna be ugly ricardo the mark time again saying didn't watch anything here's love because you did well thank you tonight was a refreshing Change of pace, I feel like, for, for WWE. We got Alex who will be doing sour grabs after the saying, Ugh, Yankees talk. I know I get heat for talking about baseball. I have your killing me small shirt on right now, but uh, we talk about what the super chats get sent in about. So if you're sending in baseball super chats, we are forced to acknowledge them, uh, much like your tribal chief. So a really, really fun opener here. Um, and then we move right along um, to the segment of uh, Corbin sitting in the crowd uh, and choosing to attack Pat McAfee. Okay, we've gotten plenty of beatdowns of Drew, or I'm sorry, of Corbin and of Pat Mac. I am okay with it because it's the go-home-to-a-pay-per-view, right? Like, what else are you going to do? You can't have a match between the two of them because that takes the magic out of it. Um, but honestly, in case you had any questions that Corbin is the heel here, he wasted all that popcorn and then he hit Pat McAfee in the nuts. <laughs> so um, this was fine. Like, this was pretty benign. I don't think there's a ton to say about it. I will say it seems like Baron Corbin is noticeably very much enjoying the angle that he's in which I just appreciate as a wrestling fan. I like it when wrestlers are happy with what they're doing. And this feud with Pat McAfee seems to be one of the best built things going into SummerSlam. This was fine. Do you have any thoughts on it?
2: No. I mean, again, it felt like this is another blow off. Like we're not going to see this after SummerSlam and whatever these little matches between uh, Pat and whomever they're gonna throw him up against they they all kind of look the same at this point you know he gets attacked (laughs) he attacks them verbally he gets attacked again physically so yeah um it's fine
1: yeah i think it's it's perfectly serviceable going into it it didn't take up a lot of time you know i don't think it was announced so correct me if i'm wrong but like we didn't see the ic title on the show tonight i'm hoping that maybe it gets announced as like a pre-show match or something that gets thrown onto it. I would love to see my iC title defended on pay-per-view, but I was just suspiciously absent tonight, which made me hopeful. I wish they had announced it tonight that it's going to be on the SummerSlam card, but I wonder if that's gonna be something that they snap. They can definitely tomorrow. throw a
2: surprise in there. Sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like to to not see um Gunther or Shinsuke on tonight's program, I was like. Maybe that's a good absence. I'm I'm hoping so, um, but we did also see a, a theory promo. Nothing really to write home about, in my opinion. He just he said that he is the youngest Money in the Bank winner. He's gonna walk out the U.S. title winner. Blah 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 blah. The same thing as always. Um, but we do see interactions with him and Heyman, which are good, and we will talk about it later. But we move along to Aaliyah and Shotzi. We find out here that Lacey isn't cleared uh to be competing. So we get Aaliyah and Shotzi, and uh Aaliyah opening with a Luthez press was something that caught me off guard, but all right, I'm here for it. Um ultimately there's a back and forth in this math, match but Shotzi hits the never wake up after throwing Aaliyah back into the ring while is trying to escape a little bit. Um I'm not like the biggest Aaliyah gal. I don't I haven't seen anything that says um, that she's a star to me yet. But having her lose clean as a sheet to Shotzi in the ring kind of tells me that maybe WWE under this regime doesn't necessarily either. She had all of these segments with Lacey. Um, and I feel like, she, you know, because Lacey couldn't compete, there was never a come comeuppance for the fact that they never even had this match. And so she, her just losing to Shotzi seems like quite a redirect. But the match was good enough i'll take it um what did you think of this match
2: yeah um there wasn't i mean i didn't see anything like crazy to be completely honest like you you mentioned it all there i i feel like shotty needs something i don't know what it is i'm kind of waiting for it and leah we can't be excited for anything she does because she hasn't been handed anything excited for her to give us so hopefully with this like you mentioned with this with the new powers to be um we'll start seeing some of the uh women's storylines really come to fruition and 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 do something but right now it was it was it kind of just felt like i here let's put the women on the show and and you know something interesting out there for people which is great because they do that with the guys too you know they could they could have put happy corbin out there in a 15 and a half minute match with someone
1: for sure and i think you know it's It's good to see Shotzi Blackheart on my screen. Not everything has to have a crazy story built around it, especially when it's not anywhere near a title picture, right? You want to throw a match together? That's fine by me. I'm constantly... um, AEW
2: does it all the time. AEW does it all the time. We see women just fight each other just for the record, you know? (laughs) Just to see what the records are going to end up being at the end of the month. So,
1: Yeah, I think when it's not a title picture, sometimes the story can just be these two people are fighting, and that's cool. That's it. So... But we do move right along. We are flying through SmackDown (laughs) today.
2: You know why, right? Because it was was actually good.
1: It was actually good, and we had longer matches, so there's just literally less segments to criticize. That (laughs) opening match went three segments, which I think is so great. Like That deserved to feel like a blow-off. The two of them, from a physicality perspective, never disappoint. I'm never complaining about the in-ring action. I'm just complaining because I've seen it a billion times, right? So... Um, And then this tag match that we get with Rousey and Morgan versus DeVille and Natalya, you know, that went two segments too. And that's really refreshing to see because I feel like women's wrestling has gone so far to the wayside. I got a lot of online chatter about some of my views for the AEW women's division. And people said, well, what about the WWE one? As if I don't come on here every Friday and also complain about the WWE women's division. but. I will say, I feel like WWE as a product overall, for the most part, has been stale. For the most part. There are things that I like and I talk about them any chance I can. Um, in AEW, there's been a bigger disparity, in my opinion, between the the women's division and the men's and the tags division, right? Like, I feel like they have proven they are capable of booking better. And so it bugs me when the women aren't treated with the same care. And WWE, I feel like the, the product has not been great across the board for a while now. So I do criticize, of course. Um, but if it feels like it's not with the same intensity, it's because WWE has not shown me that they are capable of it in a very long time, where AEW, it feels like a more active choice. But we do see some more time here. I love that this tag match went two segments. Um, the promo before it was not very good. We have Natalia emphasizing to Liv that she wouldn't be champ without her. We've heard it. We've seen it. Who cares? Um, we have Ronda cutting off Shotzi on the way down to the ring. We see Ronda do the most authentic thing that she can. And it just proves to me that this woman should be a heel. A fan tells Ronda to shut up and that nobody wants to hear her talk. And Ronda says that they suck and their mom failed them that's the ronda rousey we knew existed like she should be working heel or she should be made to follow a path that is more of a badass face than this happy go lucky she is
2: the baddest woman in the world by the way the key word there bad
1: in wrestling terms heel heel is bad and if you want it to mean badass, you don't have her running out there calling Natalia Natty Boomba Latty at any point oh. ever, 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 ever. But I actually liked seeing this out of Ronda. Um, that made me very happy. And I think the the match was perfectly fine. Liv hit Natalia with the oblivion. Uh, Ronda with the ankle lock on Sonya kind of at the same time. And Sonya taps out. I think this was a good way to set up the rematch, um, you know, it's kind of like a, a they were trying to one up each other in the ring on a tag team. That's not usually my preferred route to a title match, but again, Triple H just gotten control of creative so late, and they're just trying to smoothly transition things. That that's pretty benign to me, so I I will absolutely take that. What were your thoughts on the the match itself?
2: I thought it I thought it was fine. Um, I'm hoping that they start moving away from these you know matches where uh we've seen we've seen them repetitively in the ring you know in in many different ways um with natty and all because natty needs some natty can't refresh herself because she's refreshed herself every time she comes out there right like there's nothing more that we can do with natty i feel like natty at this point should really be out there um helping the younger talent she would be a great mouthpiece like i feel like she would be great as a coach or something but yeah, I mean, I hope that this this was it. We see whatever's going to happen at SummerSlam tomorrow between um, Liv and whatnot. So, yeah, just let's just, like you said, it feels like things are starting to finally move along and not stay the same for every Friday.
1: Yes, which is extremely refreshing. And to see more women on TV, the better. I will take it. Um, a reminder to get in your Super Chats and your Humper Chats. I know we tend to get less about SmackDown, but it is nice to be able to talk about things that we like to see and to celebrate them. That is a wonderful thing. And this is the go home to SummerSlam. I am with you, Alex, on the rematches. In fact, I was
2: I was actually going to say um, I was expecting Ronda to give her the clothesline from hell when they were standing face to face, like when she was, you know, kind of like doing the whole turning thing and like looking at the crowd at that moment. I said, just just grab her by the hand. And give her a badass clothesline. Like I want to see one of like Liv's eyelashes fly to the third row. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it didn't happen.
1: Add some heat to it for sure. I would sure. I would be all for that. You know, I think it's possible at SummerSlam we see the return of Bailey. I think it's possible we see the return of Charlotte. So maybe they don't want to mess too much with that dynamic. But I think you can add fire as a baby face and add layers to something without making it necessarily a heel turn but it was nice not to see this get rematched to death on tv because i want there to be less rematches i would like rematches to essentially be nowhere to be found if i'm surfing the web for things rematches are not something i want to see and i don't want you to be able to find me either so sean ross app is going to tell you all about how that can become a possibility.
0: I'm on the road right now, but I'm not missing any of my favorite shows that are region-blocked or out of my area, so to speak, because I've got nordvpn.com slash Fightful. Now, you can also use that code Fightful. Avoid price discrimination on flights, avoid missing your shows because they're region-blocked, and get 70% off your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. NordVPN.com slash Fightful has made things so much easier for me as I get back into traveling and start to remember that certain things aren't available to watch when I travel or even when I'm home because they're region blocked. I'm able to find pay-per-views that are much cheaper thanks to NordVPN.com slash Fightful. It's an investment in yourself and how can you pass up that deal 70% off plus one additional month free nordvpn.com slash fightful or use that code fightful
1: thanks and if you already have a vpn or you're not in the business to sign up for one please throw a tweet their way and, and just let them know that you found out about them through us Uh, They have made a really big investment in Fightful, and as you guys know, we are publicly funded, so your 8,000 subscriptions and our sponsorships and your Super Chats, all of your support are the way that we pay our bills here. So we appreciate that, and Nord appreciates hearing from you. Please just let them know that you found out about them through us, even if you can't subscribe. But we keep mowing through this episode, and it's, it's kind of refreshing, to be honest, to to be excited about some things. We move into another pretty fun at, at the very least benign segment uh, with the, the street profits and the Usos and Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett assures us that he's going to call their match right down the middle. I have my suspicions, um, but they basically keep testing the limits of, well, what's going to count as a DQ and they build the heat between them in that moment. Um, eventually Of course, all hell breaks loose. And Jay Uso accidentally Supes, Supes, Super Kicks, Jarrett.
2: Supes works too.
1: It's Supes Kicks is like the white girl way to say it, I guess. So I'm not too far off brand, but uh, Jay Super Kicks, Jarrett. And the four of them all fight. Montez doing what Montez does best, does some really impressive over-the-top rope work. Um, Just building this out. I feel like the promo work between the two of them has been fun. I feel like I'm over rematches, but they at least justified why this one was being run back. Even if it wasn't my like most well-liked justification of how to run a rematch back. I, I appreciate there being a reason to do it other than that's just how we book things. Uh, What did you think of this segment? And what do you think of Jeff Jarrett being the special guest referee in general?
2: I, I, it's weird. I don't don't know why like I really there's just no there's zero connection am I am I lost or something like just
1: Nashville that it. it's happening not, in Nashville and
2: yeah but not even that because he probably lives in Connecticut but you know like it's just weird like I don't know whatever but um this looks like hopefully again another one of those I felt like this Smackdown was like a closing chapter to a lot of things I I could be a hundred percent wrong
1: Prayer circle, you're right. But
2: this SmackDown just felt like let's button these things up and let's freaking open up a new a new notebook with all new fresh ideas. So yeah, that's what that's all I gotta say about that. I I don't understand. I'm pretty sure he's gonna grab two guitars and knock everyone out. So yeah,
1: I think that if they don't do that spot, I would be shocked. Even under the new regime, guys, the porn bots are here. Come on. Get out of here, unless you guys. Oh, my God,
2: every Friday night,
1: they're they're going wild. They're having themselves a little. uh,
2: I did not just click on one and accidentally enter my credit card info. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always so scared.
1: So the way that this interface works is if I were to to ban them, there's like a little a little upside down ellipses of three dots. And if you click it, you can ban the user or you can time out them. But if I just click the chat, I pull up their comment. And so thankfully, the comments are usually benign. It's more the uh, the name of the bot that lets you know what they are. But I'm always so saying scared TK, I'm
2: getting... the boss at Tony Khan, TK.
1: Oh, my God. Tony Khan has a long history with bots, as we know. So <laughs> this is this is rough, man. This is rough. Oh, man. Tony Khan just getting raked over the coals by bots on the the regular. But I think, yeah, I mean, I feel like there was an opportunity to do something way more fun with the special guest referee. You could put Sami Zayn there. You could have called up Solo Sokoa, but they want Jeff Jarrett for the Nashville pop. That's perfectly fine. So um, that's fine. I'll take it. Not the end of the world. I'm, I'm trying to, we've been grading on a curve with SmackDown for so long that I'm trying to, now that things are looking up, like keep that forgiveness going. They've got a little bit of a grace period. It certainly extends past SummerSlam, but, um, the, you can only do so much when you've inherited what they've inherited. So I'll take the, the changes that we've seen in camera cuts and commentary any day of the week. The pacing made a lot more sense. I think the new day was still in the ring when they went to commercial and came back for this upcoming segment. But, um, if that's the only one that was that stupid, I'll take it. But before we get to the new Vicious Viking writers and the New Day, we have Maxine Dupree and the return of Max Dupree to Maximum Male Models. There's been a lot of chit chat about how Vince did not want uh, the former LA Knight, the former Eli Drake, Max Dupree in the segment because he didn't like the delivery of the lines around this segment. And I got to be honest, That was the only thing that was working for me was Max Dupree (laughs) in all of this. So I was excited to see he was there. Maxine Dupree was Sophia Cromwell in NXT 2.0. Her stint there was very short. She didn't do a whole heck of a lot. She was kind of Von Wagner's second manager, but in a completely undefined way and role. Um, She was just pointing from the crowd, and then they decided she was a part of the act, and then she moved up. So I have literally no idea what she's capable of. I wasn't overwhelmed in this segment, but I mean it was essentially a a pre-tape about their summer clothing line, but they are now getting to the point where I'm like, okay, how do we close the gap between male models and actually getting into the damn wrestling ring? Because we've seen this going on for weeks. We've seen two seasonal collections come out already. Let's see them wrestle. And how do we get there from here? I have no idea, but I was very glad to see Max Dupree back in the picture. What did you think?
2: Yeah, it was, um, I mean, I'm hoping that they transition him out of this role and bring him back as, you know, LA Knight. I also feel like Massey and, and I feel bad for Mansoor, man. Like, you know, not too long ago, he was in Saudi Arabia proclaiming to be like, you know, the next best thing coming out of there, or whatever, you know. massey has been given the Vel- Velveteen Dream uh, gimmick now, so he's just, you know, walking around with his beautiful pants and and, you know, tight skimpy suit uh trying to look as sexy as possible but whatever I don't know um they need to get rid of it in my head I feel like these two dudes have so much more than being male mouth I understand it's entertainment you need entertainment but not these two guys you know like I think mas mass say, why do I want to call him that I just feel like <laughs> I feel like he's a badass man put him in the freaking um uh what what are their names uh, you put him with edge You know, which edge edge's new stable that's about to come out of SummerSlam. You know, I I don't know any behind the scenes stuff, by the way. I just made that up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My other Alex says Eli Drake deserves to wrestle. That is probably the biggest piece of this to me is that he is a great wrestler and certainly a great promo. I don't even have a problem with him being used in a managerial context, I have a problem with him being used in exclusively a managerial context. If he's leading the stable into the ring. That's awesome. Um, but he should he should be wrestling. He's a great in-ring storyteller as well. Um, I don't know what's to become of this. This is something that I don't know if the new regime knows what is going to be coming from this. But I think they were smart enough to say, this definitely doesn't survive without Max Dupree. And we're certainly not going to um, pull him away without any sort of explanation. Why would you do that? So it seems like they're at least trying to formulate some sort of plan around them. What?
2: Um, Are you using logic, Kate? I what know. is that?
1: I know. In wrestling. Shame on me. Shame,
2: shame on, on, on you. Me.
1: But you're kind of, and I appreciate this about you, but you're kind of back and forth with what goofy SHIT you love the most.
2: I am. Yeah. <laughs> you don't there's... like
1: smart, Mark. You're not into maximum male models. But you do like some silliness, and I, I yes. appreciate that you just roll with what resonates. I'll take it.
2: I like silly, ha ha, he he, when it's when it when it presents itself um, naturally. You don't push the Dupree gimmick on people. It was it felt awful from the get go. These guys had no idea how to act. They' you know, especially going out there in front of fifteen thousand people, it was awkward. You know, and Smart Mark is just crap.
1: I thought we were gonna get through this without any smart mark talk because he was on Wednesday night, but I just wanted to pull up the shit because it made me laugh. That steb Alex's voice is very soothing, my darling other Alex, uh, who also has an affinity for not liking goofy shit for the most part. Um, <laughs> he will be on Sour Graps after this if you are subscribed to Fightful Select. And I know we got a bunch of new subscribers. We appreciate you so much. Uh, Alex does a Sour Graps review. It's like the name sounds, so don't be surprised when it's negative like some weirdos are, but um, (laughs) he will be on Fightful Select exclusively for subscribers after this. Alex and I will also be doing a behind the paywall post show for tomorrow's premium live event uh, pay-per-view. Thank you very much. That's still in my lexicon. Joined by me. um, I'll probably hop on Sour after this, let's be honest. And if that's not enough Team Kalex for you, we're going to be doing the Monday Night Raw review as well because Sean's going to be coming back from Nashville. Denise has her own stuff going on with getting married. Good for her. So you are full of Team k all weekend. Enjoy it. Um, we're very excited. But also a huge pop for Alex changing his name to Step Alex on the stream. <laughs> Guys, get in your super chats about Step Alex and his super soothing voice, would you? Please support us and his soothing voice. We're going to need that money. Almost
2: every other Friday night, baby.
1: He's got to take care of them vocal cords. You know what I mean? So get in those super chats, get in those humper chats to talk about stuff because we can't let any rust be sitting on them. We got to keep talking about things as we move forward here. So uh, we appreciate the support Um, and we appreciate this episode of SmackDown not being too terrible on the go home. Uh, but we move right along to the Viking Raiders. I'm sorry, the new vicious Viking Raiders and the New Day. It was nice to get a match with some actual offense. My hope, my hope in my heart of hearts was that the Viking Raiders could just be called War Machine? Or that they would at least not be new Vicious Viking Raiders, that they could just be the Viking Raiders. Um, You know, now that Vince is gone, maybe some people can get their names back. Butch, being Piton. Maybe we can drop things like new Vicious Viking Raiders, but that also was kind of used in canon against them by the New Day, so maybe you don't want to take that out right after they kind of poked fun at it. I kind of get that, but Hunter please buddy. I'm begging you. Take it away. What are,
2: are we allowed to say war there? It's it's TV 14 here in a couple of days. So yeah. Right.
1: Let's hope so. Let's hope so. I think, um, they've said war in other contexts before, but I guess naming a team that's consistently going to be on your show. Maybe you don't want to do that, but, um, this match was good. It was hard hitting. Uh, it ultimately ended in a double power bomb to Kofi there was a post-match beatdown, which, my God, I don't know if I've ever seen such a sell job in my life. Xavier Wood sold the hell out of this post-match beatdown in a very, um, I don't even want to say exaggerated, because it didn't feel inauthentically exaggerated. It felt like somebody attacked the shit out of his ankle, and I really, really liked it. Like, I felt like it really genuinely seemed like he was writhing in pain. It was one of the most authentic cells I think I've ever seen on TV. Xavier Woods is so impressive. And it it really is incredible to see how much he's flourished as an individual competitor. And of course this incredible triumvirate of the new day, but match was fine. It was nice to see that this wasn't just like a squash or more of like a, a crap talking segment as we've gotten, but um, I thought the post match beatdown execution by Xavier was the thing that that stole it for me. What did you think of this match in the post match beatdown?
2: Yeah. Um. Besides the name thing, <clears throat> I'm really happy to see the Viking vicious Viking Raiders back as the, the true form. Uh, the face pain, the the dark entrance, the you know the drums beating. Go beat the living poopy out of people. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're late enough in the show, you can swear. It's cool. No, I don't
2: want to. Don't want to. We, got, we got sponsors like uh Norton. We don't want to upset them. But yeah, so yeah. So like, I better for... get
1: back on my stuff then because No, nah, you're good. You're the you're the host <laughs> with the most.
2: I'm just here sweeping the floors. Um but yeah, I believe I believe that they are now back to where they were. I feel like they need to bring back the ascension so they can beat the living crap out of each other. I the, I Ooh, love the ascension, okay. by the way. That they you were... talk about you talk about wacky gimmicks at the very end they got really bad but at their height where they were when they were there before you know nxt boy i was like this is insane their intro their look they just look great bring them back bring them back just let's do it viking raiders ascension big beefy men
1: i think there's a lot of people that you can see come back now i i think there's people that are more willing to and you know where you can read about that alex Fightful select.com. Oh. sean has not specific name well i won't say maybe there are specific names there's not but there is some information about people who would be more enthusiastic about either returns as they are free agents now or um you know in the future it being more of a possibility to go back to wwe with vince not being there <laughs> OG Alex saying imposter Alex has gone off the rails. He is not with your Ascension take. Step Alex what? doing oh damage. Oh, my
2: God. Listen, but I'll take four Ascensions over one smart mark. Let's just do this
1: Wow. Right now. Aggressive. Aggressive. But you know what? I respect it. You stick to your guns every week. We'll take it. Um, but you can hear OG Alex's takes on that on graphs right after this. But... That brings us kind of to our closing segment here. Um, we have special counsel Paul Heyman. They knew his name uh, in the arena, which is always good to see. Uh, you know, he doesn't really say a whole hell of a lot here, but he's great at his job. <laughs> he delivers it really well. He says that Roman's not just going to pin Brock, essentially, but that he's going to humiliate him, um, which of course taunts Brock out from backstage. He comes out, um, and Theory attacks him with his briefcase, which I don't think he's going to be holding on to after SummerSlam, whether it's a failed cash-in or someone takes it from him. They're kind of playing hot potato with it already, so we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, Theory gets his butt ticked by Brock Lesnar, and I gotta say, Theory is not my guy. I don't get what people... I... I... I think he is perfectly suitable for a mid card. I don't understand what this main event push has been about. I know it seems to be getting a little bit neutered now that Vince is gone. and uh, But I will say, the guy has gotten his ass kicked on the mic and in the ring for like 45 minutes of Raw this week and here. So... Uh, I don't know if it spells out great things for him creatively moving forward, but I give him props because he has just gotten his butt kicked on a lot of program. Uh, but ultimately, Theory doesn't just get his butt kicked by Brock. He also runs into Claymore from Drew, uh, who kind of alludes to the Clashal, as we call it, looking at Brock Lesnar and basically... Whether it's Roman or Brock, you know, Drew is out there to remind you that he is going to be there at Clash at the Castle waiting for that title shot. So, kind of a fun way to close the show. I will take it in the grand context of things. Really nice to see matches getting times. It felt much easier to watch as a viewer. What did you think of the closing segment here?
2: Yeah, when they mentioned that uh, Paul Heyman was going to say something at the end of the show, I, I immediately was like, Brock's coming out. So, you know, there's like you, you never just have Paul Heyman out there talking for no apparent reason with that much time left at the end of the show. So you kind of knew that was that was coming. I mean, I'm not I'm not a fortune teller or anything, but yeah, they, they I just. Yeah, that was it. But I'll tell you what. Very refreshing episode. Um, I've been giving Smackdown maybe one, one and a half. And I don't do stars, maybe Kevlar helmets because I've been in war. So <laughs> um. For sure i'll do kevlar helmets so like i've been giving it like a one to one and a half uh of a, Kev- of a kevlar helmet out of five sure but this That's one t- today was like a 2.53 kevlar helmets worth right. of out of five like i i felt good i i wouldn't put it anything higher than that they would really have to go balls to walls but the whole thing about theory um i want to ask you this do you feel that he was part of the old regime and what he was trying to push and maybe now with all of these new people coming in, he's going to be taking that huge step down to the mid card like, yeah, great, but this is what we're going with? Or do you feel like they're going to put a rocket on his back and continue with the young push and and see what, what he can do with the company? I mean, we didn't know John Cena was going to be John Cena sure. in 2002. Okay. What? Twenty years later, we didn't think he was going to be where he was at now. So, how do you feel about that?
1: I, um, I do think based on the programming that we've seen, his getting run down on the mic by Roman was very symbolic, and I do think him getting his butt kicked is not an accident. If you do pro wrestling the right way, and I know I don't have to tell you this, but. Um, losing opportunities like this shouldn't be detrimental to you. Like the mid card should not be a bad place to be. It's not as good as the top of the card, but it shouldn't feel useless to your show, which it has for probably the past two years or so of, of WWE programming. It just hasn't mattered. They don't defend mid card titles on pay-per-view. They don't really make plans for them. They were supposed to relaunch Ricochet on the back of the IC title. It did nothing. Um, so i think theory will be getting a step down i'm hoping in hunter's world which i heard in bobby's world voice if you remember that cartoon um i'm hoping that in hunter's world (laughs) like that doesn't necessarily mean like theory's not my guy he's good enough in the ring i think he desperately will need to be repackaged for a lot of reasons but the chief one being he his whole character was tied to him getting favoritism from vince who is retired in disgrace and not a part of the company anymore so even if he was the most skilled wrestler I've ever seen I don't think that matters a ton when your whole package has been let's book he not on you for being a good heel but let's book be he on Vince and on booking that's just a really really dangerous place to be like that's bad that's bad professional wrestling or sports entertainment rollout that's just not good so I do think um that's going to be the case. I think it'll be better for him in the long run. I think he would be in over his head in this spot a little bit. But I also think that if the mid card meets something, it won't be detrimental to him and honestly could be better for him in the future because he's not getting booed for pro wrestling reasons or sports entertainment reasons. He's getting booed for going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. it's not, well, it's not nothing to take. do with his skill.
2: Yeah, but. I mean, <clears throat> We'll see where he ends up.
1: Yeah, I'm intri- I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see what changes come and how quickly they come. Because also, don't forget, a lot of Hunters NXT guys are still around, right? You're Kevin Owens, what? you're Sami Zayn, you're Seth Rollins, like all these guys. But, um... You know what
2: you're going to see, right? You're just going to see uh, my prediction for SummerSlam as we end the WWE <clears throat> talk and head over to AEW. You're going to see Logan Paul and-, and The Miz unite as they get their asses beat by chiampa and a, and a returning gargano oh believe-
1: <laughs> if we could reunite diy man
2: <laughs> oh,
1: hey. my heart would just sing if that was the case i absolutely love diy
0: yeah,
1: um ftr and the briscoes had a really nice callback spot that non-step alex uh helped me i remember which match it was and it was diy versus ftr in toronto um FTR was, like, grasping hands in an effort to not tap out, but because they were the heels in that time, they ended up tapping out anyway. In this case, they were faces, so they grasped each other while they were in simultaneous submissions, and they were able to not tap out because of it, and it just felt like such a great, great spot. Um, But DIY was such a special run. I think Ciampa and the fire he showed in that off-TV promo earlier this week, by the way, um, I think he will be rerouted far away from just being the mrs. Lackey but we got Ryan Ben who was like you know what your Smackdown super chat well is dry I'm gonna fill it up just a little bit saying war 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 come on WWE War Raiders war machine um they were a, a different tag team and I feel like I I'm not really into like the costume aspect of what they do but it is nice to see them back in a a more serious vein but as you said, It's time to get into some AEW, but before we head over to AEW World right away, we guys, we, we guys, we want to tell you guys about StarCast that's happening this weekend. Um, Sean is going to be there. I'm going to be doing the post show with Joel Pearl of all people. God bless me. Um, (laughs) We're going to bring you the post show after Ric Flair's match, but Sean Rostap is here to tell you a little bit more about what's going on this weekend in Nashville.
0: Starcast 5 looks to be the biggest Starcast yet, July 29th to 31st in Nashville, Tennessee at the Nashville Fairgrounds. I'll be there. There are great panel shows like Renee Paquette reuniting the Talking Smack team with Brian Danielson. You've got The Last Ride of the Four Horsemen, Bret Hart talking about that historic British Bulldog match. 30 years after Wembley Stadium. You got Soraya turning the page, but how about that event Sunday night? Ric Flair's last match, but check out the card underneath it. Rin Narita and Clark Connors. Ray Phoenix, Bandito, Taurus, and Laredo Kid in a four-way match that's going to blow you away. You've got Killer Cross and Harry Smith in a rematch of their great Bloodsport match. Josh Alexander defends the Impact title against Jacob Fatu. You've got Rachel Ellering, Diana Perrazzo, and Jordan Grace in a three-way knockouts match. Motor City Machine Guns against the Wolves. Briscoes versus Von Eric's Man, this card is absolutely stacked with MLW, AAA, Impact New Japan, AEW talent. And that's before you even get to Ric Flair's last match, headlining his historic career and capping it off. If you're going to be in Nashville, head over to starcast.com for more information on Starcast tickets, meet and greets, and last match tickets. But if you're not there, doesn't mean that you got to miss it. Rick match.com allows you to pre-order the event and watch the incredible docu-series, Rick Flair The Last Match with new episodes every Monday at 6:05. That's starcast.com and rickflairslastmatch.com.
1: There you go. There are all your StarCast details. And there's so much happening this weekend, right? We've got SummerSlam. We've got StarCast. And then we're back into our usual turn of events. But before any of that, we had AW Rampage, Alex. A fun episode. Nothing too insane happening here. But we keep the train rolling. I think it was... Very apropos that you're joining tonight when we got Smart Mark on Wednesday, so we don't have to dive into it too much. But we got Sanjay Dutt, who rules, and Stokely Hathaway, who rules. Some fun managerial work that happened on the show all around. But um, what did you think about Rampage overall? And then we'll get into the matches.
2: Yeah, I thought it was um, a, a good way to wrap up the Fight for the Fallen uh, segment, show, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> um, theme. Uh I mean, they really didn't ha- they go hard on anything, uh, and we're going to get into the matches, and I'll give my take on what I thought about that last match, because I think that's the only thing that I saw some kinks in the armor, which was there, you know, but overall, I, I, thought, I thought, again, they always do a great show on Fridays, great pacing, good matches, and somehow they still throw in like a music video by Max Caster in there. So I was happy. I was, see, that's the goofy S that you were talking about. I'm okay with the goofy stuff from Max Caster. I don't know why.
1: That is fair. You, you authentically just connect to the things that you like. And I think more wrestling fans could probably take a lesson from that. But we've got some Super Chats and Humper Chats before we even dive in. A reminder to please leave a thumbs up on this video. It really helps people find us in the YouTube algorithm when they are searching for their wrestling content. It means so, so much to us. Super Chats and Humper Chats, of course. Keep them, keep them rolling. Keep those Twitch bits coming in at twitch.tv backslash Fightful Gaming. But Colin's on the rocks saying... Hello, Kate and Alex. I am still working overtime right now, but does it feel like Battle of the Belts just happened? What do you think these events feel a little too clustered together so they aren't special? I kind of understand what you're saying, and I feel like this is the most condensed uh, time period that we've had of them, and it has felt to me like it did affect the week-to-week booking of Dynamite. This past Dynamite, I felt like, was a very strong episode, but not that they were bad, or certainly far from unwatchable, but they were just a little bit stilted because you had, um, obviously, Forbidden Door, and then you had Blood and Guts, and you had the ROH pay per view. You got Battle of the Belts, Quake by the Lake, like all of these specials happening in a really, really short amount of time. And I think, you know, it's it's tricky because Forbidden Door was also such a specific type of pay per view that. It does throw your stories off a little bit internally as a company because you're trying to build out this all-star game. Essentially, I feel like it has affected it. I don't think it's been drastic, and it's certainly not anything that they're not going to bounce back from, in my opinion. What do you think?
2: Yeah, Kate. What what would be the opposite of that though? Stagnant draws and stagnant smackdowns that we've had for the last two and a half years since the you know. We can't blame the pandemic for what was happening because that was, you know, they did their best in an empty arena for a very long time. So, you know, what is what is the alternative? You have shows like that which you're sitting and criticizing. So, AEW is giving fans, you know, these weekly um, themed episodes and stuff like that, which is, it's, it's different. And I think we've, for the last 22 years, we've been enclosed in this wwe bubble of how pro wrestling television works you know be outside of impact wrestling poor. Yeah, i feel I bad for them to. too right so now that we have this we should kind of take it in openly they've still only been around for three to four years now if, if in seven to ten years things are not changing and they're kind of jump you know putting too many things at once then you kind of you you could then criticize it and slow to slow it down but right now i'm enjoying i'm really enjoying the fact that you're giving me themed episodes every week you're giving me some really great hard matches i understand that the storytelling does get lost sometimes but it's the alternative to these last couple of weeks where i sit here with you and we're just like what the hell were we watching
1: yeah i that much i agree with but i do think it did it does affect the stories as opposed to a stretch, like you go from a pay-per-view in October to one in February, right? You have all this embarrassment of riches of time to build out stories. And I think it does throw them off kilter when you kind of have, um, I mean, mean, truly, and I never thought I would be up here saying this, but like for a while there was like the only, and also noting that there have been some key injuries to marquee talent including your champion right but the best storyline build out for a few weeks now was Jake. like you didn't really have a story for john moxley it was just kind of a challenger of the month club um Wardlow now has the strap and that should be an open challenge title there doesn't need to be like a huge story around there all the time but nothing really it was just kind of like if a guy is ranked or whatever um, they're having a title shot, which we'll get into later. And then the Thunder Rosa reign, unfortunately, like I feel like she puts on great matches. This last Wednesday wasn't her best performance, but certainly not the worst women's match I've ever seen in my life. Um, but the builds haven't been good. So I was like, man, Jade is like the only one getting clean, consistent stories here. Yeah. But I, th- I think this Wednesday changed a lot of it. Obviously, we saw Hook become your FTW championship and Ricky Starks give one of the best promos I've the- they'll ever eventually,
2: seen. They'll eventually build... I'm hoping that soon, you know, I think Tony Khan just needs help with the storytelling in in a lot of different ways. So hopefully that will um, be something that they'll fix uh, in the next, you know, from here till the end of the year. So uh, that way, because you know they're about to get some heat that's going to be coming from WWE. I don't think they understand like there is no competition. They're the alternative. The competition things out the door. They're not going head to head on Mondays or Wednesdays um You know, or fr- maybe Fridays, but they're in different times, so it's two different shows. So, like again, they're the alternative. They need to concentrate on them. But WWE is about to put some pressure on them because th- they're hot right now with what's happening. So,
1: which, as weird as people want to be online about it, it's a really good thing. I love it. Competition drives competition. We should. Everybody should be stepping up their game. I thought that was one of the best dynamites we've had in a really long time. This past week, but we will get into rampage because that's what we're here to talk about, Alex. We do have some super chats and humper chats that came in about this because you guys are so awesome and supportive and want to talk about AEW, as is always the case. But my preventer saying William Regal is going to be on Hey Ill Hey W on Sunday. Holy crap! Those are such a fun watch. If you want some kind of silly detour content as opposed to um such a wrestling dense stuff what a blast hey ew is with um oh my god what's his name oh my god why am i blanking on his name he's so funny who is the host of a hey ew someone please tell me in the chat why am i blanking on this he's so funny it'll come to me he's
4: hilarious
1: rj city thank you my goodness RJ's awesome. I've been a really big fan of his for a while, despite me forgetting his name there. But he's an absolute riot. He did some really fun work with WWE as well. He's done a lot of fun stuff um, just online on his own. Huge part of David Arquette um, and everything that he's been doing. They seem like they have a really fun rivalry and friendship, but very, very, very fun stuff. We've got Joey Bag of Donuts chiming in via Humper Chat saying, Yo, Listen, Kate and Alex are cooking like bacon, but don't call them k because that's already taken. They're not the best, but they're not the worst. Please, please, please cover Rampage first. Sorry, it was a go home. we got to prioritize when we can and not the worst episode. So I will take it. Um, we've got, hey, what's that over there? Which is like one of my favorite handles of all time, saying, "I really hope for the Arthur Ashe Show we get Eddie beating Mox for the AEW title, so that we can get Eddie and Punk title unification at all out." Me too, me too, me too. And I'm not just saying that because I'm going to be there, but I am. Those are like my two favorite guys in in AEW right now. It's like them and Kevin Owens in WWE. Like those are my favorites. So I'm very very excited about that. Um, I hope that's the direction they go because. There's still so much story to be told there with, with Punk and Eddie. Um, and I think Eddie could be a transitional champion. I think Eddie's one of those guys It's more about the moment than the lathe of the reign with him because he kind of doesn't need it. He just makes everything feel so personal. Like, that guy wants Chris Jericho in a body bag someday. You know what I mean? So I don't think he needs the title so much, but I think everybody wants that moment for him. So, um, Oggy Doggy saying... I enjoyed the themed shows, give me in ring action. Well, that's fair, that's a very fair take. But we kick off Rampage with the best friends, defeating Satnam Singh, Jay Lethal, and Sanjay Dutt, and setting up Jay Lethal and Wardlow. Um, man, this was a really fun opener, and not usually for the reasons that I think we get. This just had some silliness that I really loved. We'll get your beat on whether you were in the silliness <laughs> for the same way that I was, but um, I really popped at Jay Lethal hitting the lethal injection on Chuck and Trent when they were hugging. That was really fun. Sanjay's reaction to uh, OC breaking his pencil right before the orange punch for the window though, absolutely, absolutely had me corpsing as well as him wrestling in a suit. Um, we're going to talk about more managerial work as this episode goes on, but uh there's been a lot of talk about stokely a lot of talk about smart mark but we're seeing sanjay get get the shine that he deserves i think he's a fantastic on-screen presence he kind of falls more in that same vein as stokely i feel like of um, somebody that's super entertaining but also more grounded in how he moves storylines along and the value that he provides what did you think of this opener what did you think of managerial segment number one of the night
2: it was pretty good um I I really enjoyed when on commented. They were like, oh, he has a foreign object in the ring. That pencil's is a foreign object. Get it out of there. You know, I, I just those little silly moments are, are fun, right? Um, because they didn't use the actual pencil. So it was fun that someone, you know, outside of the bubbles catching on to that and he's just chilling. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. Um, like you mentioned, the spots in the in the match fit the match. Because you had Orange Cassidy in it, so you know there was some type of you know weird interaction that was going to happen anyway. Sure. So it was well played. It wasn't over the top, and um yeah, and we know that Jay Lethal is just nasty man. He is nasty in the ring. And listen, um Orange Cassidy's not bad himself. I do say this. Um, Satnam, Sat- is that how, did I say that right? Sat- I'm Hispanic, thing. right? So. Um, <laughs> He needs, he needs a little, you know, I he, he, I think I mentioned this last week too. I would like to see him less in the ring trying to fight and, you know, continue to improve. I don't mind sure. him sticking around just to like beat people up and kick them around. But, you know, I'd like to see him kind of just like, again, continue to improve for when we do get him full time in the ring. You know, he doesn't look like just some giant dope in there.
1: Yeah, I think his cross body was perfectly fine, but he's extremely green and has a long way to yes. go. I think he'll, um, he'll be doing work on Dark and Elevation, I'm hoping, but um, someone we don't want to leave in the dark is is our very own Alex Palowski. Hi, OG Alex.
4: I'm sorry, what? Hello?
2: i gotta give you a round of applause man you came in round of applause for alex in the building hello alex how are you
4: appreciate it thank you thank you thank you other alex uh no problem i i i was gonna i was gonna wait wait until my cue but uh uh the cue that i did hear and why i joined was i heard somebody talking about chris jericho in a body bag and i was like what when when is that happening because i would like i would like to attend the funeral uh
1: I really want to see Eddie Kingston and Homicide put Chris Jericho in a body bag someday mm-hmm. because that being unresolved, mm-hmm. that's the only way for, for it to go. But Alex.
4: Yes. Yeah.
1: You got a lot going on this weekend. And buddy, I'm going to be there right alongside you for it.
4: And I'm not going to be right alongside you on Sunday. That one is your own doing. I didn't. I had nothing to I do know. with that.
1: That was my that, fault. And as you
4: Joel. You decided you were going to go with Joel Pearl and do the post show for Ric Flair dies in the ring. I mean, Ric Flair's last match. I had, I, I had nothing to do with that. That's your own thing. I'm taking the day off on Sunday because I'm working tonight. I'm working tomorrow night. I'm working Monday night, working Tuesday night, working Wednesday night. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going a full week working you, however, workaholic. So yeah. Yeah,
1: no, I am uh, just, just trying to see what it looks like and how far i can push my my voice like it yeah okay, will my voice cut out midstream we're gonna find out it'll we're, be we're gonna,
2: we're gonna find out by uh, the way everyone wants to see sour alex versus step alex in a fight full pay-per-view
4: oh <laughs> i don't understand what's going on go. here
2: uh, there's there nothing but love for me to him yeah nothing nothing but we've love. never met i still love him no exactly
1: it's for um, alex supremacy guys it doesn't need to be personal but it's, it's for double alex a supremacy. baby double
2: a there's nothing that's, better than good old double a you can do true. it
1: in mexico so you could be double a at triple a
2: you could
4: that that's good um Not just uh, the hat yeah rack, so friends. we're gonna start the uh um fightful select show in a couple of minutes and then kate whenever you're done doing this whatever this is you can come over <laughs> there and hang out for a while uh, and uh, and then tomorrow night, don't forget on FIFO Select, uh, me and Kate talking about SummerSlam and hopefully good things happening, F- fingers crossed. And then, and then we'll see what happens from there. Also, on the big show on Monday, Kate and me on this very network, YouTube show, taking over. Uh, so uh, all everybody who's who's big time Tuesday listeners. I want you to come in, hang out in the chat on Monday, where there's a lot of people there who do not know how crazy Kate and I are. And I want you to not explain to them why we are so crazy. I want it to be a complete insult inside joke.
1: I'm supposed to work every day until Thursday, and I'm wondering if we're going to get fired after Monday, but it's going to mm-hmm. be fun for me. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm only here to pop you, so I don't really care. Yeah.
4: And vice versa. <laughs> and, and, and vice versa. So uh, we're good. We're good. More importantly,
1: right. can you show the people your shirt? Oh, yeah what a shirt yeah yeah you always bring it with the t-shirts man
4: i, I think that's chewbacca awesome. should should join uh maximum male models he's he look he's got the look
1: yeah he does yeah. yeah he all does right.
4: all, all right. right
1: well i'll see you on the post show after the post show buddy
4: yeah probably i don't know yeah <laughs> bye
1: bye friend ah oh, alex supremacy that's all i want that's all i want in life Damn. but We got some super chats and humper chats that came in about this match, which is great. Uh, we've got O'Rion Ben saying, RIP, Sanjay's pencil. That's true. Mm. Rest in peace. He sold the hell out of that orange punch, by the way. Uh, and best friends brought out a chainsaw for Wardlow, but not for this. What the hell? Age of Stokely has arrived. Um, thank you so much for that. Yes, Sanjay's pencil man had a good run. Had a good run. Wrestle vibes with Ribbon Blade saying that I gotta be a satinum simp and sing his praises. W. Um, you know, he's still very, very green, but like I I don't mind how they're using him because it's pretty sparingly so far. Like you wanna put him in a six man, that's fine. You wanna have him crush some people on dark, that's okay too. Um, I think him being with Sanjay and and Lethal is a is a good call because he can just hang out there, be his heavy and kind of dip his toe in the water before he fully dives into this pro-wrestling thing. Mike Preventure saying that, I like that Wardlow came out to save OC because OC earned Wardlow's respect. I love that the announcers let that be subtext rather than text. Yes. Uh, Commentary on Rampage is something that I like when Jericho's not there and I don't like when Jericho is there. Tonight was kind of an exception. I thought Jericho was actually really funny. He at one point said that Sanjay had like a $5,000 suit on or something. And uh, Excalibur was like, oh, really? And he goes, well, it's wrestling. (laughs) Little things like that popped me. Um, Wrestle Vibes with Ribbon Blade also chiming in saying that all in on OC Sanjay silliness. I loved it. Yeah, it was fun because it wasn't um, out of the way or superfluous. Like, it was all happening in the context of the match. So, I'm all for it. We've got some people talking about... You and Alex, uh, is this Joel variant? Joe Gacy, read this to Alex just to smile. <laughs> we'll make sure that gets to him on the uh, on the for Show. Brett Lockman chiming, say in saying, "The Council of Alexes is born." We do, of course, have the Council of Marks in our Sour Graph Society, but the Council of Alexes, we might have some stable on stable action here. And Ricardo the Mark saying, "The Council of Alexes versus the Council of Marx you guys are so much fun. We have fun here. Um, But we got a really great match here. And then we move along to this FTR and Briscoes vignette. Hey, what's that over there saying after seeing the Wolves wrestle Mox and Sammy Callahan, I need to see FTR versus the Wolves for the ROH tag titles. That would be very fun. Um, FTR and Briscoes has been Magic both times that it's happened. You know, the first time I think maybe we didn't know what magic we had, but we knew it was sitting there. And now the second time I feel like they knew they had magic and were like, how do we top it? Um, just phenomenal, phenomenal work. FTR getting to do this babyface run, I think, has been so special because they get to kind of actually transparently talk about a lot of things in their life. And I don't just mean their love for bret Hart and Pro Wrestling. I mean their battle with it like I like Dex talking about his battles with anxiety and depression. I like him getting to talk about his little girl. Like it's nice to see them because I feel like they've been heels for so long because they feel like they walked out of mid 80s to NWA to have this very authentic baby face run simply built off of their in-ring ability is something that's really cool. What did you think of this vignette? And how are you feeling about FTR having all the belts?
2: I don't <clears throat> I don't mind it. I mean, they're the modern day. You know, what we used to watch, uh, the Hardys and Christian and Edge and so on and so on. You know, like <clears throat> you saw those tag teams rise to prominence and they were so damn good. And uh, they're, you know, I'm using pronouns here. Hold on. Um, <laughs> FTR, <laughs> FTR, um, they're doing it their way without the flippy flopping, without the hard, crazy, gimmicky matches they're going out there and they're giving you pure pro wrestling and we can talk about FTR all day and give them praise but what we have to do is also give praise to the opponents in which they have been in the ring with to make them look like the superstars that we're just falling in love with right now which I mean we all loved FTR before but they are like bigger than everything right now and i think that they deserve all the titles let them go on this run let them finish it out god only knows where this will end up they maybe they turn heel again i don't know whatever but this right now is really working and they should ride it out until the wheels fall off who cares you know it's it's them people love them right now so let them aew gives you the ability to jump anywhere you want to anyway just let them go
1: I think there's something really special that in real time, people are realizing that we're seeing some of the best wrestlers in the world in FTR and also Danielson. Um, I had this discussion with Will Washington yesterday on his podcast, Dad, on Fightful Overbooked. He was saying that Brian Danielson's wrestling is the most over wrestling in the world, meaning that his in-ring ability being the thing to catapult him into being as over as he is is something that's really special. And I feel the exact same way about FTR. Like, their face turn has just been kind of because people really appreciate their pro wrestling. and That's just the most organic way to have someone turn face possible. Like, I, I think it's so awesome. So, give me FTR and Briscoes for 65 more years if you want to. I'm all for it. Um, I know Dax is fighting some injuries after that match, but just really, really fun and special stuff happening from FTR. Hey, what's that over there? Saying, when do FTR show up in the NWA for the Crockett Cup? when they pay them to, man. But I think that would be, it would be so appropriate because they feel like mid-80s NWA, but unfortunately, present-day NWA, they have Tyrus main eventing. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, <laughs> we move on to, as our wonderful moderator, Luis, uh, give props to Luis, by the way. He works so hard for us and is just the best. Uh, sexy ego. Uh, all ego, Ethan pay <laughs> Defeating Leon Ruff and what I can only call the squashiest squash of all time because Leon Ruff got a no offense in. Uh, this was just basically an ego's edge from him, um, and it was a squash. But you know what we did get was Layla Gray and Stokely Hathaway watching the match the way pro wrestlers and pro wrestling managers are supposed to watch a match, which is like this, Alex. You're supposed to watch it sideways because you have to cheat to the camera but you also have to watch the match it doesn't matter that it looks ridiculous that's what you do in professional wrestling Alex how do you watch TV as a pro wrestler please show the
2: people. um I usually face I have a mirror that I stare at behind me to watch the TV through the mirror I don't know if that's okay but I've learned different techniques and that one fits the best for me I don't understand it what, is there like a book I need to ask Freddie this. Is there like a book backstage that tells you? This is what you
1: do. This is what we do. This is how you watch pro wrestling on a monitor. It looks so
2: dumb. You
1: look dumb. That's what you do. How dare you? No. God. They oftentimes don't do that in AEW. And I guess, they don't. Man, I, I get don't know why they so did that. I mad whenever anybody doesn't do that. It's too important to pro wrestling. Wow, how dare you. I it. am fine with things changing and evolving. I think it's healthy for the sport of pro wrestling. This is something that never changes. And I mean, God you should stay bless. like that.
2: Your side profile is awesome, so if you can do the rest yeah. of the show looking that way, do it wow.
1: up. Wow. Basically, you said I'm ugly head-on. That's what I'm choosing to take that as. Wow. Wow. Aggressive. Aggressive. Alex already is muted, so consider him muted forever until the end of time. But we do have Top of Valley checking saying that Stokely is forming a nice little men's gang now, too. Sure, Ethan can talk for himself, but I'm just happy to see Lambert get the flick out of here. What an incredible super chat! because not only does it make a very important point, but it also puts over, get the flick out of here with. Oh, gee, Alex and I on the Know Your News Network, where we review weird, funny, bad uh, movies and television shows. We watched a movie called Stay Tuned with John Ritter and reviewed that. It's a bad little movie, Uh, but it was very fun to review, so we'll take it. But really nothing left to say here, except that I like seeing Stokely Hathaway on my TV, recruiting more people i absolutely think his presence should be expanded into the men's and or tag division um ethan page going that way could be really really fun i am also relieved to see dan lambert not on the television screen anymore is um he just
2: gone or what's going on there
1: i don't know and
2: yeah, this is one of the weird few I haven't continuity, seen him on tv
1: yeah it's one of the few continuity things that i'm like i don't care get him out of here i think he sucks uh <laughs> So all he did, in my opinion, was call Conte a whore for like five months on television. So I don't miss him. But uh, he got, I'll say this, he got plenty of heat in arenas. People people love to boo him. But if you're giving me a choice between Stokely Hathaway and pretty much any manager, I'm usually taking Stokely Hathaway in the active manager game. Dan Lambert, yards, miles, light years ahead of it. I don't think Ethan Page needs someone to talk for him. So I don't need stokely being entirely a quote-unquote mouthpiece for him but i i i the more ethan page the better i think that guy rules um and this was the squashiest of squash matches i don't know if you have anything to say on it or your thoughts on um lee moriarty and ethan page being under stokely's wing what do you think about that
2: yeah i think um i i Listen, I think he's doing I think the him putting together these teams are really cool. Uh, I I do grow weary of how many factions are going to show up in AEW and what are they doing with them? You know what I'm saying? So as long as it's going to be progressive moving and it's going to, you know, bring them something, whether it's a title run or fight for a title, they don't have to win. But yeah it just it has to lead somewhere because eventually he's just gonna he's gonna recruit everyone and um we're just gonna have ginormous stables fight each other you know
1: look if stoke maybe we'll hathaway get a true survivor series, series you know? stokely, stokely hathaway said i'm gonna open every pay window that's in this place so good on him but we got jw prinkle chiming in saying just flew in from new york city what did i miss not a ton, to be honest, but two good episodes of wrestling, which is not something that we usually get to say, uh, but a lot of managerial work on Rampage and what could be considered a pretty decent episode of SmackDown. So we'll take it. More thoughts about Stokely Hathaway and who sh- he should be managing. Hey, what's that over there saying? I need to see Stokely recruiting Private Party and Darius and Dante when they're both healthy. There's some fun options out there. Private Party did a really fun thing where. <laughs> uh, There was a slap box, pure ROH match between um, Wheeler Yuda and Stokely Hathaway. It went the way you probably thought, but go check it out online anyway. And private party was a really fun part of that. But uh, Nathan DePaul saying that Stokely is slowly building an empire. And I think Will Hobbs will be his crown jewel. I love that idea. Stokely with Will Hobbs. Now that team Taz is kind of blown up, I think is really, really great. I think, um, Ricky Starks being on the mic against Oakley Hathaway is definitely something that intrigues me. Um, So I'm into that. And I know you're a big Will Hobbs guy. What do you think? Uh, Does that intrigue you at all?
2: Put something on him, please. I don't know what the guy is incredibly good looking. He is a physical specimen. He can beat the crap out of anyone in the ring. He has, uh, belie- he, he's believable. If I cross him the wrong way in a in, in a street, he's gonna punch me out and knock me out. He has that look in the ring, yeah. you know. So start building really good stories for him. Um, and to talk back about that whole Ricky Starks thing, I know ne- I, I never saw that coming. By the way, nor did I. I, I, I had never I in a million years, I never thought that I would see you know, Hobbs knock him out and Ricky Starks talking about how he brought prominence to the FTW title and, and all this stuff. And yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff there.
1: That was a perfect pro wrestling segment of television. And if you see me talk about this twice already this week, I apologize, but I will reiterate the fact that Ricky Starks went from having a really great match with, well, not a, I won't say really great match because it was a minute and a half long, but a a really great match as far as pro wrestling wrestling, a really great segment as far as pro wrestling is concerned. He has this match against one of the most over baby faces in the company and hook like hook is so over and he's so playfully over that the crowd is just dying to get behind hook anytime he comes out. And so Starks had to combat that with a promo that turned him fully face, even though people wanted to cheer for Starks already, I think, but the promo he gave after that of saying, I turned metal and leather into gold. This was a noose around my neck and I turned it into a tie. Like for him to win the crowd over that quickly, draw that emotional investment and then have Hobbs turn on him like that. I think people underestimate how important a promo like that is and how seamlessly they tied that story up and moved it along. Like I really thought we were going to get like a best out of three between Hook and Starks. I still would like to see that from an in-ring perspective. But for Starks to close the gap like that is some of the best promo work I have ever seen in my life but more thoughts about stokely uh and the lack of dan lambert brent lockman saying hopefully this is the start of the ancient mystical society of no dan lambert's i agree with you jw pringle saying i'd watch stokely (laughs) manage a walgreens i love it i'm a big proponent of stokely you guys know that i think he's fantastic um, more people, hey, what's that over there, saying Stokely needs to reach out to Hobbs and Scorpio and give me Death Triangle versus Rush Lee, and Andrade. We got a lot of trios coming down the belt, guys. We've got literal trios belts coming down the belt. Um, so I love it. I'm all for it. I'm glad that people <laughs> seem to love Stokely. And people have questions about, have you and Alex P. seen Tommy Wizu's The Room? I have not seen that. I know it's legendarily bad. Um, but if you want to put that in as a request, remind me on Twitter because we are taking chats at uh know your news, but you just paid for it here. So tweet that to me because you already paid to request it. That makes sense. Um, but thank you guys so much. We appreciate your support. I know that you guys all wanted to talk about rampage, and unfortunately we started with SmackDown. So thank you for hanging in there with us. But we get a nice segment from Cole Carter and QT Marshall, uh, QT Marshall saying, hey, last time we ran into this guy, uh, Anthony Agogo was putting his fist through his ribcage, essentially, um, and basically tries to recruit him to the factory, which I think is a, a nice play for Cole Carter, who doesn't really have an established presence, and I think could probably use some work overall, but um, he says you'd be basically sleeping alongside us and not with the fishes, which I appreciated that little reference to NXT 2.0 and how he got written off of there. Um, any thoughts on this video package?
2: No, not really. Just, um, I mean, to me, it was just, it was just that. I mean, you explained it all. That, I, there's, there's some things here that I don't even need to put in my 33 cents on. Mm-hmm.
1: That is very fair. Um, I think. Louise left a match off of here. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure that I was getting things in the right order. Um, we've got Lee Moriarty versus Seidel. That came right after uh we see Stokely watching TV like a goddamn professional. We <laughs> got Lee and Seidel, which of course got set up last week. We saw him try to give the business card to uh Lee Moriarty, but Lee at that point said, no, thank you. I really liked this match. Lee is out there to beat ass, man. He started this match with a headbutt into a suplex, which I thought was fun storytelling. Right out the gate, he was there to to beat up Seidel as much as he possibly could. A really fun near fall in this where Moriarty hit him with a sunset flip. I thought that was great. But ultimately, um, we got a nice distraction spot of Lee Moriarty selling an ankle injury while Stoke Lee distracts both the referee and does some damage to Seidel. Uh, and this ultimately ends with a, a DDT into the border city stretch and Stokely offering the business card again. And Lee Moriarty thinking better of it this time. I thought this match was a blast. Um, Seidel has been such a reliable hand since coming in. Lee Moriarty is just an incredible professional wrestler in the ring. And I think, um, you know, Stokely being a mouthpiece for him is an, is a great call. So what did you think of this
2: match? I, I would love to see these guys go the best two out of three. Uh, they can bring it, and they'll give you a different match every single time as well. So you're not going to be uh, getting the same style of match every single time. And by the way, this is again, it's like everyone's just building stables. Everyone, we yeah. just we just saw the uh, the Nightmare Factory give away a card, and we was seeing Stokely again give like there's cards being handed everywhere. Like I feel like I need one of these cards sent to me or something. Like I'd like to join one of their stables, please. Um, but sh- <laughs> but sure, like you know. Um, I would like to see these guys, without any outside interference, get it on the ring. You know, without any funny business or anything like that. Just because they're pure wrestling styles. I've been a fan of Matt Seidel for years. You know, since the Evan Bourne days. You know, since that nasty um, uh, flip that he did and and Randy Orton caught him midair for an RKO. I mean, he is pinpoint when he's in the ring he never misses like he's in he's he's just so damn good so yeah I would like to see these guys actually get it on again and without any funny business
1: I think um I think Seidel has also done a really great job of transitioning from a high flyer to somebody that's getting to show off that he has an incredible ground game too so to your point they'll give you different matches every time out there because he's such a versatile hand and I think it's great Love and I think man. at his
2: late I think I'm sorry I think at his later age too like now he he's through, through the years he's noticed that he's also a little bit more injury prone um, yes. so yeah. he's definitely been staying off the ropes because of that you know sure. so you're right like the ground game you're 100% correct I I want to see them fight again I'm going to call Tony
1: all right let's make it happen um I'm going to give this even though it's not a super chat out shout, shout cuz this is a great call Stokely is a more connected Clarence Mason He's confident and comes off as a good manager agent. That's Damn. a great call. That's yeah. a great, great call. Wow. I love seeing all the managerial love. I think managers and wrestling are so much fun. No
2: um, lawyers, just managers. Amazing.
1: No lawyers. Well, Stokely's technically a publicist, but I think he's a manager. Uh, but but I, it's fun to see. They're such a fun device, and especially with a promotion that's as stable heavy as AEW is, managers are invaluable to that, right? Like, There's so much more room, and I thought Stokely was great with Diamond Mine and NXT and every iteration that he had of n and the original Diamond Mine and the transition. But him being an AEW, there's just so much more meat on the bone for a manager to dig into because it is a very stable, heavy promotion, as you alluded to. And I also like the diversity that we get. We get Stokely, we get Sanjay, we get William Regal all in the same promotion. Oh, yes,
2: yeah. Tully looks
1: like he's on his way out the door, but we had Tully there too. Like, there's an, a lot of um, different managerial... Archetypes, smart marketing being included, and not all of them have to be for everyone, Alex. But I like seeing a wide breadth of types of managers. I think it's a a really fun device, and you know WWE kind of turned away from managers. I'm glad to see AEW kind of reviving that. I I think it's it's. Well, we're going to see
2: factions return really soon. I think into the E, so we're going to get ready for that.
1: Fingers crossed. I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping that. I hope that of all the pro wrestling shows I get to do that, I get to like 100% of them. I know people think like I love to crap on stuff with Alex, but like it would be so fun if our sourness was nitpicky stuff instead of just leveling the program.
2: I would love nothing more for both companies to be kicking so much ass that I don't want to miss a second of it.
1: I just want to watch. I want to want to watch pro wrestling every day. Um, and, of course, our moderator, Louise, reminding us, don't forget about Prince Nanan, the goat, uh, with the embassy, of course, running around ROH. So hopefully we get to see more of that. And hopefully we get to see more fun Britt Baker promos. I liked this promo a lot that she gave us because I think there was a criticism, which I kind of feel like is unfair, that as she was healing, she wasn't necessarily putting over her opponents in the way that you should as a heel. This one, she actually kind of, like, tipped the cat to the the cat the cap to Thunder Rosa saying that it was smart for her to have Tony storm around Uh, look at what Brit did to protect herself during her title reign; She always had people hanging around her. Right. So a nice little promo from, from Brit here. I don't think anything too deep to dig into, but if you had any thoughts on it, I'll leave space for those. No, we're good. Oh my goodness. So Tony Schiavone interviews Claudio Castagnoli after his big ROH Uh, World Championship win, which was, I think, a moment that got clouded by the Gresham news, but I don't think anybody was mad that Claudio got to have that moment. I think maybe people wanted Gresham to stay champ longer, but I think overall people are so happy for Claudio, as am I. For someone who wasn't really allowed to cut promos in WWE, he has looked so comfortable in AEW on the mic and in the ring Uh, I I love to see that. I love to see people that genuinely look like they're having a good time and where they want to be and feeling like they are comfortable enough to do what they want to do. And this segment I thought was great. Not only did we set up Claudio versus Takeshita. Oh my God. um, But we get Claudio saying basically that, you know, he wasn't the only person that is a champion in the Blackpool combat club. Um, Young Wheeler Yuta also retained his pure title championship over Garcia. Um, I do also want to point out that Claudio's ROH belt is not the belt that Bandito was running around with a year ago. And I actually liked that belt better than I like this one, but that's just personal taste and something that I noticed and wanted to call out. Um, But we got Jericho rising from the announce table to cut a promo and say that sports entertainers always breed pro wrestlers. And Yuta says, not so fast, buddy. I beat Daniel Garcia, um, which is a very fair point. And then we eventually get Wheeler trapping Jericho into putting his title shot against Moxley on the line, which to me is all sorts of fun implications, right? Um, If Jericho retains, or I guess you don't retain a title shot, but if he wins and keeps his title shot, we get more of a story between the Blackpool Combat Club and the Jericho Appreciation Society. If Wheeler wins, it's student against mentor. And I think what fun types of stakes to put on this. Like what a blast that's going to be. And I just love that Wheeler trapped Jericho into this because Jericho says, "I can prove I'll beat you, Wheeler. Let's do it. Let's do it. And Wheeler says, "No, I'm pretty sure I already know that I can beat you. what's what what's the fun in that for me?" And then Jericho says, "All right, I'll put my title shot on the line." and Wheeler knows he's got him. So this was really fun. I try very hard not to play the how did WWE miss this guy game, but Wheeler Yuta, it's impossible for me not to do that with. He is an absolute bonafide star. He's so good in the ring. I thought his promo work was great here and has come a really long way since the beginning of his stint here. And in-ring storytelling-wise, he's fantastic. I really want to see him versus Starks. That's just like a personal dream match of mine. But what did you think of this segment overall and holy crap are you as excited as I am for Claudio versus takeshta
2: for sure but let me start off with Yuda and and let you know why he, he wwe passed on him because they closed down to a five live so you know they uh they didn't have any need for him um so let's talk about yeah uh this claudio match how 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 are we so lucky to have <laughs> these kind of matches being put together because you look back at three to four years ago we again and i continue repeating this we were stuck in such a bubble where we would hope and pray for all these different um wrestlers from different organizations to come on board you know we were hoping when john cena was tweeting to kenny omega and posting his picture on his twitter account that he was trying to you know uh quarter men into WWE and nothing. But now you got these incredible matches happening. And they even happen weekly <laughs> on yeah. on AEW Dynamite. On free
1: T V all the time. It's, yeah, it's not it's like crazy. you're waiting
2: for for a you know pay per view every uh four months. You're actually seeing these matches being put in on television for us. I'm super excited. This is gonna showcase even more of what Claudio can do. Um this is gonna put you know him on the map and everything that wwe missed i don't know what we all know why and we all know how let's not we don't have to kid ourselves but (laughs) um daddy is gone um you know (laughs) so now we get to see him really um really showcase himself and him as champion i know this gresham thing and i was wrong you know, I thought I thought that maybe Gresham was a good idea for, for him to keep it. I think Gresham also thought it was a good idea for him to keep it. So maybe we were both on the same page on that one when we did our show last week. But it is what it is. Um, I think that they need to now strap a rocket on Claudio and put him up against top tier talent like they are already starting to do and just to the moon.
1: I agree. And I think this is also a really fun use of the ROH titles because ROH doesn't have weekly TV yet, right? So in order to sustain it, they're going to have to do these matches on a W programming. So, um, until we get that weekly TV, that's where this has to exist. I think it makes a ton of sense to put it on Claudio for the time being in that context, I wish, I think you can be excited for Claudio and bummed for Grusham at the same time. But as far as what they're moving forward with Claudio versus Takeshita, uh, yeah, please forever till the end of time a DDT standout. Fantastic. Fantastic. Green like money. Just loving it. Just loving it. Uh, We got, Hey, what's that over there saying that Sheeta should be thunder's next title program. That is very much a face on face situation, but I don't mind that idea at all. I think that could be a, a really strong in ring program. And I think that can just kind of be like a champion versus a former champion situation. I think that's a really, really good call. Uh, but we move along to this little acclaimed-ass boys diss track that we got. Um, my friends at GoPro Wrestling, who are also Jersey-based, such like myself and Alex, are the ones that produced this music video. They've done a lot of the Acclaims uh, previous stuff, and I just have only wonderful things to say about them. I've gotten to work with them directly, and they do a ton of work on the independents as well. So always just putting over GoPro Wrestling when I can on platforms like this because... They just deserve it and they're great people that do great work but this was fun you know i don't think it was like the the craziest thing in the world but some fun lines in there about your smoking gun should have shot blanks i thought that was super super fun um and like, this is what they do. This is harmless. I think on Rampage, this is a perfect use of time. Like, I'll take it. I know you love the acclaimed, though. What were your thoughts of this?
2: I love the acclaimed. <laughs> Let me tell you something. My favorite line of all time will always be scissor me, daddy. I, I can mean, never. I mean, what, scissor the, Me, I Daddy. yes, man. I saw Max Caster going down the side of the ramp one time, and he's scissoring, you know, with everyone within the crowd. And he just happens to scissor with this fan, and it's a female. And he like looked back at her, like, "What? Are, what?" Are you? And like what are laughed because she was all about it. And he was like, "Okay, cool." Uh, they're just so cool, and they have a great gimmick going, where you're not sitting there going, "Why are they losing all these matches?" Why are they not winning more? No, you're actually really enjoying every match you're in, whether they win or lose. So I'm really, you know, uh, the video was, it was, it, it, it is what it is. Um, it was that entertainment part of rampage. So I was happy with it. I'm cool, man. And they just, they're you, like you said, man, the shooting blanks line. And they're just so damn. And TK is just letting them yes. say what they need to say. And I'm going to tell you something. After what happened with Vince last week, prepare for what they're gonna say this week coming up Ooh. when they go out there with the dumpster match. So just prepare yourselves because he I think they're gonna let him oh my buff. Sorry guys, I left the website open and they're back. Damn it. Oh,
1: no. I Alex. apologize.
2: I'm sorry.
1: Come on, man. You know,
2: I got a I got a 39 inch widescreen curved monitor here, so I'm able to put I like am. four glad you
1: finished that sentence because you said 39 (laughs) inch and i thought that was going somewhere else but hey what's that over there saying wwe could have had the house of black yeah and instead we get judgment day which has been the
2: wish version of house of black
1: the wish version the uh yeah i mean they had bud matt right there and they had malachi black they could have very easily signed Brody king at that point in time i'm sure but um but yeah so Agreed with you there. You can play the they missed on blank game all day. All I try not them. to do it, but realistically, like, it's kind of hard not to do because we've seen so many people have post-WWE success, but that's the beauty of having an alternative promotion here. Brent Lachman saying, The Thing is already up on Max's Spotify with the best album cover ever. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, Oh, wow. I didn't know this. But our moderator, Luis, pointing out back to that House of Black chat that Julia Hart was also on the Fed as an extra. in one of those KFC sponsored (laughs) matches. That's funny. I didn't know that.
2: Can I I tell you how amazing she is in the House of Black? Like she really fits her perfectly like she is. I don't know, man. To me, when she goes out there, I, I feel like that was her in real life yeah. you know that's her emo side when she was in high school it's it, which was like probably like two years ago <laughs> she's really doing well man i love it i i don't know it was man. a
1: great use of her and a, a really good turn i feel like yes. they waited a really long time on it but i'm glad they did it when they did it so good also, things going on there
2: i know a lot of people talk about like you just mentioned it really quickly about the whole thing where people decide to um uh, you know, how they with on, on talent. You know, even though Triple H is in the helm, people need to understand there's still a, a, a board that approves, you know, certain sure. things that goes on in WWE. And, you know, just because, you know, he's in he's now in charge of the creative chair, that still doesn't give him the power to say, let's hire this and let's hire that. There's still going to be uh, quarterly um, firings and let goes. like, there's still going to be restructuring. So, like, I, I could only imagine what people are going to be like, oh, you know they're still to the same old BS, but that's just the way it goes It's a publicly traded company. So there's things that the boards and the members who work, who control the money of the company are gonna want, so.
1: And you're never going to hit it with everyone, I don't think, like, the th- people like Miro, for example, I think you knew that he was being held back while he was there. Claudio, maybe the most obvious example of that, you were like, why aren't they using this incredibly obviously special guy um, but I'm just glad that they have somewhere to, somewhere else to go and to play with. But, guys, we are getting to the final segment of the night, so get those Super Chats and those Humper Chats in. Don't forget that after this, you have Alex Pulaski on Sour Graps on Fightful Select. You also get he and I um, doing the Paper Wall. Paper Wall the pay-per-view paywall post show for SummerSlam tomorrow. You get Grapsity on Sunday this week. If you normally tune in on Saturdays, they're doing a Sunday edition because they're going to wait until after SummerSlam. You got me and Joel Pearl doing the Ric Flair's final match post show, and you've got me and Alex plus again, Team Kalex on Monday doing the Raw post show. So a lot of stuff coming to you. Please subscribe to Fightful Select if you haven't already. Join 8,000 other friends and Thank you so much for all of your support. This was a really, really special week for us. And, um, you know, I don't know if people necessarily realize or understand how much of a risk uh, Jimmy Van has taken on on Fightful. And it's just nice to be able to pay that off for him in the best way and um, to make all of Sean's hard work get implemented in the way that it has is something that's extremely special to us. And that doesn't happen without your support. We are publicly funded, and we just appreciate it so much because we're in a radically different place than we were a year ago. Um, that CM Punk story—we were around 2,000 subscribers, and to be at eight almost a year later is something that's incredibly special. And we literally couldn't do it without you guys and your support. You supports. guys
2: love your wrestling and your and true journalists talking wrestling, not creating stories and you know clickbait just to grab you to John, grab your attention.
1: Sean's got very high standards and um, it it usually uh, makes things earn trust with people because it's accurate when he posts it. So we just appreciate you guys. And I appreciate getting to, to do what I do here. I can't believe I wasn't even hired at Fightful a year ago as of today. I didn't get hired until the fall. So um, it's been such a wonderful thing. And I just am in my feels about it this week. I really appreciate you guys. So, We come to our final match of the night of Anna Jay and Ruby Soho and I found it very refreshing that Eddie Kingston was in the background um, making faces while Ruby Soho gave her promo and was facing off with Anna Jay. I'm very critical of that AEW women's division, I said it earlier, but when I see things like women main eventing and I see men in the corner of women, that's refreshing, it's different, it shows me that they care. It shows me that they're trying to move things forward for women as a company. And that I really like to see. I still would like to see more women get hired. I still want to see Willow. I still want to see Diamante, who's been killing it on Dark for a really long time, get hired. Um, but I, uh, I it, this was really nice to see. There were some clunky spots in the match, but I'll take it. Um, I feel like Ruby Soho was such an incredible storyteller. Her facial expressions and her selling, I think, are a really underrated part of her game. And the finish of this was kind of fun. I really like Ruby going off the top rope here um, and immediately getting put into, essentially, I think it was, she just put her in a headlock initially. But that was just such a logical move to make that we don't always see in wrestling. We see people, people roll out of the way of... Um, top rope moves all the time, but usually it was because they were beaten down, right? So for Anna J to just pick up and go into a submission, I thought made a heck of a lot of sense here. But I just thought Ruby was doing a really good job in this from a storytelling perspective. And I I feel like she doesn't get enough credit for that piece of what she does specifically. There were some rough spots, but um, to close out Rampage, I'll I'll take it. I know the crowd was a little exhausted um, from this being like hour seven of wrestling of the live experience and sometimes those pedal to the metal dynamites the rampages the audience gets a little bit winded by i was a part of one of those um i saw lance archer and adam page have their um street fight and keith lee's debut in one dynamite and then by the time we got to rampage we were all like Whew, i need a cigarette like i'm tired so so this i think fell symptom to that a little bit as well um but anna jay Looking comfortable in the promo, which I liked. The one for Wednesday didn't really hit with me, but this new heel Anna J, I think, is going to be a, a good a good development for her. What did you think of the promos and what did you think of the match?
2: Yeah, so I think that uh, Anna Jay as as a heel is refreshing, not only for us but for her. She needed that. She a hundred percent needed that. Um, she kind of felt lost in between all the other girls, or she, I'm sorry, I should say women. She felt like she looked lost around all the other women, like where do we put her she was with the dark order but she wasn't doing anything with the dark order so it's kind of nice to for jericho to take her um under his wing and Mm -hmm. she's gonna learn so much and evolve so much she is very slow in the ring this is what i was talking about on on top of the segment when you said when we started talking about about aw rampage and i feel like she needs I, i don't know what it is but you can tell like when she's waiting for a move to happen. Yeah, you know it's a little bit. It's a
1: little telegraph. Yeah, Yeah,
2: she is very slow. She doesn't know how to mask it well yet. Right. So wrestlers have a way to mask things so that you don't see it. They know it's coming, but you don't know that they know it's coming. With her, it's very like she goes through the movesets and then waits for it. And yeah. it, it takes me away from the match. I feel that disconnect and I don't like it. Sure. So I'm hoping that she progresses. I'm, I hope that she's in the ring somewhere we're you know working on this because now with jericho with her she's going to learn so much more she's going to improve with her promos she's going to push the envelope i believe she needs a, a wardrobe change too i need heel attire she can't be coming up with a tuxedo suit anymore you know so yeah there's a lot of things i think that are about to start changing for her but for sure it just i just felt i was disconnected a little sure. bit and it's fresh to see ruby soho in the ring too you know yeah so of
1: course and I think you know it's tricky because I feel like some of the inconsistencies we've seen with women's matches in ring is sometimes they go too fast, so you gotta yes. slow down. And I think Ruby works at a slower pace, so she was probably trying to meet Ruby where she's at too. But Ruby is a little bit more experienced in that as well. hundred percent. So. Yeah. And Anna Jay just hasn't had reps. Like I felt like she was actually coming along really nicely, and then she just wasn't wasn't on our TV for a really long. Yeah. Time, and so. I'm not
2: bashing her, or no, she's no, no. she is an amazing. Uh, like wrestler in the ring like she knows moves and and how to get in and out of things and situations and she can she's she's a great seller you know she protects she protects her opponent in the ring i've never seen her really put anyone in in any type of danger or anything like that but you but it's just the in-between antics between them you know that chess that chess match mm -hmm. sometimes i get disconnected from it but i'm hoping that she she uh picks it up and we see her you know even if Ty Conti needs it because Ty Conti is great in the ring so look
1: at look at how I've scared the men of their their women's division criticism you were making a perfectly valid criticism and you were like but I'm not being too mean to her look like you're allowed to no it's not you, so know like, you know what it know is I'm gonna come at you no <laughs> you know what it is
2: because I respect their physicality in the ring because they're doing it and I never thought to do it you know like yeah so why would i criticize something that i'm not doing if i can't step in the ring and do it there's absolutely no reason why i'm going to be sitting here and Dave melting it to death. So what I'm going to be <laughs> doing here is I'm going to give you the criticism of what the things that disconnect, as opposed to the physical aspect of the match. You know, that's
1: an alarmingly reasonable take for at someone me. who is on social media. I don't know if you're going to last, ma'am. But we got Nathan DePaul saying, "I think this Anna jay is who we were supposed to see with heel Dark Order, and it's going to be really good for her." Yes. Um, when Brody Lee took over the dark order and they turned face because they just had these incredible personalities and they became goofy henchmen Anna had to turn face with that. Right. So, all right. And Ben saying step Alex with the respect we appreciate respectful, but substantial criticism takes. That's what we do here at Fightful. We're not here to talk a bunch of crap. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think Anna Jay as a heel is more fitting. I think that's what she initially set out to be. And then when she turns face again, it can happen in a more organic way. I think this will be a really, really good fit for her. Um, but guys, that's the end of our show. And we thank you so much for joining us. Have a safe and wonderful wrestling filled weekend. But before we go, Alex, where can the people find you?
2: Sorry, I was I <clears throat> did the stupid thing of not unmuting myself. Um, <laughs> you can find me on, on Instagram at Alexis Cardoza. Alexis. <laughs> now Cardoza. unmute yourself. Oh, my God. I muted you? look at you (laughs) at
1: alexis cardoza on on twitter um and alexis
2: cardoza on instagram oh you know if you click on the link uh, on the bio you'll find everything but hey can i can i plug something real quick before we get out of here
1: this is the part of the show where you do that yeah so we
2: just we just premiered season two of wrestling with freddie with our with his new one of his new co-hosts uh jeff Um, I was going to jump in there, but uh, I'd rather take the in-ear. I want to be the uh, Triple H to uh, Pat McAfee and be in his ear. <laughs> um, it was offered to me. I took it at first, but then I kind of was like, you know what? Let us let me talk to someone. But yeah. Sure. Anyway, but the show did very well. Um, I want to say that. We were number forty in all of sports on Apple Podcasts. Oh yeah. Okay. There's millions of sports podcasts, so we were in the top forty. But here's the kicker: we were number one in all of Apple Podcasts wrestling category. Oh, you
1: can never come back here again. Sorry.
2: So you know, <laughs> I apologize to the amazing team here. Five.
1: He's gone forever. Um, he's been muted and he will not be invited back here. I'm just kidding. No, we, <laughs> we love we love the success for all wrestling podcasts, ours of course and yours. We love it when you come in here and get to talk wrestling with us too.
2: So Thank you, guys.
1: That rules. Follow Alexis and everything he's doing. Follow me at Miss Kate Fabe. I just post graphics of all the stuff that I have coming up, guys. I can't I can't name it all, but I'll be with Alex in a couple of minutes on sour Graps. that I told you about the SummerSlam paywall post show that we're doing. Sunday, Ric Flair's last match on the main, um, and Monday doing the main channel as well for the Raw review. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful, safe, wrestling-filled weekend. Alex, we always appreciate it when you can hang out with us, take care of each other, and be kind. We'll see you guys soon.
0: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too